I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Well, it's the... Oh, we still haven't got a name for it. We've had some really good suggestions as yeah. well. Oh, great. We had um, mid-riffery. Mid, uh, Yep. Which is a bit like midwifery, and because we riff is the idea, we riff on themes. Mm. We had something been... for the weekdays. Yeah. yeah, something for the weekdays, I like that one. We had even more Frank. I quite like that one. Yeah, I think that, that's definitely in the frame. Mm. Next week we have to definitely decide on it. I think, that, I think we'll say that entries are still open. Yeah, very much so, entries <laughs> are open. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I was thinking, I thought of ten jokes, none of which I could say. Yes, I know. So, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what I did did read, and that was uh, Korea's advice, apparently, Mm. um, isn't very good in this country. And there's been a study of it, and people have been given quite a lot of bad Korea's advice. I I once went to the Korea's advice office in Aston in Birmingham. Mm -hmm. I did an interview which lasted about... I'd say about seven minutes with the guy. And he said, I'll be honest with you, I can't think of any organisation that you'd be a help to. Is that what he said? He said, if I, he said off the record, <laughs> I, I suggest you stay unemployed as long as you possibly he can. He didn't. He honestly did, I swear <laughs> that. That's um, is there any organisation you have been a help to? Well, I think um, <laughs> St John's Ambulance. OK. <laughs> um, I, I bought them a couple of shoulder bags. For um, for garden for fate work, you know. Mm. But so well, should he his words? See, I didn't really get careers advice. The sort of young ladies' school I went to, they said, "What are you looking for? A lawyer? A doctor? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it was what? What profession would you like your future husband to do? And did you have books on your head? <laughs> yeah, I I, um, I once did. I did teacher training for a while as well, and uh, I spoke to the headmaster of the school at the end of it. And uh, he said, I'm worried about you. He said, you're obviously not, you don't want to be a teacher. You're not happy doing that. Mm. He said, uh, he says, you're one of these people. He said, I've thought this a few times during the course of the last six weeks. He said, uh, you're one of these people who could very easily end up being a tramp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you wow. believe that? that? That was your career prospects at school. Yeah. Tramp. Yeah. Well, I had just gone, I am really to be fair, you were sort of a tramp for about ten years. I was a well, yes, but I, I mean, when he told me that, I had a suit and tie on, for goodness sake. Wow, no shoes and socks <laughs> <laughs> or shirt, <laughs> and a very big beard. Yeah, no, it was so. Mine wasn't wasn't good. I, a bloke at school gave me a, a a brochure on careers in the film industry because oh. I told him I was in a pop group. Mm. <laughs> That's the kind of help I got. And, and they thought if the pop group goes really well, maybe you could think, well, I'm going to try acting. That's quite. Yeah, I mean, hang well. on, let's not gloss over that. What do you mean you're in a pop group? <laughs> well, I was in. A, I, I, modern, you know, we played local pop really? stuff. Yeah. What on the ukulele? No, no, I wasn't on the ukulele. I was just on lead vocals in those. Things. You weren't. It was called Old English. It was called named after the side. Well, I never knew. Very close to my heart. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, did you get career advice? I did. We had to fill in this long questionnaire and the computer, like, generated ideas. Oh, you see, you're a generation on mm. from me. With me, it was just a man in a room. Yeah. But I didn't know 
I, I think I was doing my GCSEs and I didn't know that I would be able to go to university. I assumed I wouldn't. Oh, I, th- I imagine most um, people did. Yeah. And, um, and I think it said something like landscape gardener. That's what it came up with, something like that. Oh. Which um, I have never done. But I think so many jobs nowadays, like... So it, the computer said you should be a landscape <laughs> yeah, gardener. You'd so, be good yeah. with sort of trees. Yeah, deciding where trees go... Not talking to people. No. Yeah. said, so keep away from... I said, don't talk to anyone. <laughs> don't talk to anyone else. That was the result <laughs> of the survey. I think you should have that on a tattoo <laughs> as a little reminder. <laughs> they had, I, there was an advert in this week, actually. It said that there was a story saying that they'd been advertising. The job centre had placed an advert for a position at, on the Wall of Death at a fairground in Battersea, wow. which I thought was quite a weird job to advertise. Right. Anything? Wall of Death. That's the one on the motorcycle, isn't no, it? No, when they go around, yeah, it's not just a cork board with ugly people on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's the one where you have to drive really, really fast and then you just can literally go up the wall. You'd think there was a bit of skill involved on it. Have you seen anyone do it, though? I've, I've, I've seen a wall you of haven't. death. And I'll tell you what they do. When they go past, because you lean over, and when they go past, they wiggle the front wheel a little bit so they, they look to frighten you. But if wow. you can really do it, why don't people do that in traffic jams then? Like on the Blackwall Tunnel or something, why wouldn't you just go up the side of it? I don't believe that you can do it. I've never seen it. You could go above the speed camera. Yeah. Mm. That'd be... Yeah, but the thing, the thing is, I wouldn't want to be going to watch The Wall of Death when the, the new person was having their first go. Because <laughs> he might just go straight up the wall like a cat up a curtain. Yeah. And land in your arms. <laughs> yeah, this is my first go. How do you practice? That's the well, thing. Exactly. How do you have a go? Yeah. Mm. Maybe you start on a push bike. Yeah. I think probably the fact that there's a situation vacant tells you about how dangerous the job is. Well, I don't know. I suppose the black just got fed up of going mm. round and round. <laughs> a floor of death. That's like a cemetery, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, be... No, but it's... It is weird. There must be some training method in which you... I suppose at first you do start on mm. the floor, then you go just, like, around the skirting maybe, board. Maybe there's stabilisers. <laughs> yeah, well, a, a really <laughs> big, like, one on the left-hand side, a 20-foot <laughs> stabiliser, and you go around like that. <laughs> Perhaps it's like, you know when they sit when they train horses and the man in the middle, like, a long lead <laughs> yeah. on him? Like like on... There's, there's a helmet with just a big coaster <laughs> that comes off to the side and the helmet has a big wheel on. A coaster? You might, do I mean a coaster? Like, you what, know, like what, a chair what, you put is a on coasters. On. No, like, it, like you'd put a chair oh. on, you know, the wheels oh, on the bottom of the coasters. I was thinking more sort of toddler reins was what I was thinking <laughs> yeah. of. Right. Well, if you got someone really swinging, though, on a road, yeah. they'd go around anyway. They wouldn't need the motorbike. They'd go around on their <laughs> knees. I'm glad the job centre's adv- advertising careers like this. Yeah, my mum worked in a job centre in, in Penzance, and um, there was a job going for a human cannonball. There was an re- actual job? Yeah, honestly. With a, but with but a that's circus. not that skillful, I wouldn't have thought, is it? Because right. you just get in the cannon and then... Hope for the yeah. best. Well, it's the one job that you can be <laughs> fired from and be quite successful. Oh. <laughs> yeah, but there's no skill <laughs> to that. <laughs> you just, you just, as long as you keep your arms very close to your sides. Yeah. Because that's what would worry... What would worry me is I'd get in the cannon and then I'd, I'd hold my hands up with the fingers pointing upwards <laughs> yeah. and then when I was fired out, it would rip all of my fingernails out. <laughs> That's what would worry me. It's the sort of job where the training is you get in and the guy goes, go limp. <laughs> and then yeah. lights the go fuse. Very, I'd go in head first so I could maybe land in an armchair. <laughs>
See, my favourite job centre moment was I was walking past the job centre once and I saw someone pull up outside in a black cab and pay the driver. Yeah, thank you, thank you so much, bye-bye. And then they walked into the job centre and I thought, oh, I bet that's a relative of mine. I loved that person who did that. I was at the uh, Social Security once signing on and a man came in to sign on and he was completely covered in coal dust. And there was a big coal van outside. He's clearly working on the side, and he came in, signed on. It was left dirt everywhere. Like he holding a canary? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he was a miner. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so clearly working on the side and not challenged in any way. Well, actually, he was slightly challenged. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, my goodness me. So um, the, we, uh, we were in Blackpool last week, of mm. course, and uh, you never told me about the, the train journey. Gareth hinted bad behaviour, but it was left at that. What, from me? <laughs> well, the train journey with Emily, it was, it was a wonderful experience. Well, at first, it, well, like, it, was, um, it was fraught at the start because it was really busy a Friday afternoon. It was really busy and we didn't have seats and Emily was getting very cross about the I fact we didn't have seats. And she like, I'm <laughs> going down the aisle and the guy just turned around and said, first class is that way. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. I just assumed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily looked confused and bewildered, and he just but assumed she was very looking proud. for first class. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was delighted when he said that. Mm. And then, well, there were no seats, so mm. then someone pointed towards the corridor. Do I look corridor to you? Well, I mean, it's not very good for the brand. He said, "I will not sit in a corridor. I, did I will say not that. sit in a corridor." I didn't say that, did you? I did. Oh my god! <laughs> I was wearing a Burberry trench coat. I can't sit in a corridor. So then we did get to first class, and we didn't have first class t- tickets, but there weren't any seats anywhere else. Yeah. So Emily, Emily said, I would just sit in first class and style it out, but you're not into that, are you? <laughs> style it out. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> and I, I get so nervous about that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I just think I'm going to get well, caught. You're going to get, get the reverse reaction. Someone's yeah. going to say, second class is... <laughs> I have never styled anything out in no. my whole life. no. Um, so we sat down in first class. Oh, you did it? Yeah, we did I it. felt immediately at ease. He was so <laughs> tense. He was acting like someone was going to come around and say, papers, please, any second. He was absolutely... <laughs> well, you were wearing a Burberry trench coat. <laughs> it wasn't like a scene from Casablanca. <laughs> with, with dark glasses on. <laughs> a trench coat and dark glasses. You didn't um, have dark glasses on, did you? I had aviators. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so we're sitting there, and, and then I hear the voice, tickets, please. And my heart is beating <laughs> yeah. like a drum all of a sudden. I didn't even notice. I'm terrified. And, um, and Emily just sort of looks at me and says, say, leave it to me. And um, so the lady came over and, she, and Emily gave a ticket and said, oh, yeah, sorry. Um, we, we sat here because there weren't any seats anywhere else. And I'm just not feeling very well. <laughs> 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 and rubbed her tummy. Right. I wanted her to think I was pregnant. Oh, I, I thought it might work, so I rubbed my stomach. And then and, she and said... And the lady just looked at her confused and said, oh, no, this section has been declassified anyway, so anyone can sit here. And then everybody went, oh! <laughs> <laughs> was that good news or bad yeah. news? Well, I wanted to get up and move. I thought I'd go out show marks. I didn't want to be there anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, so it was fraught with problems, but it was all a happy story. I got to sit in first class. Gareth got to experience life on the other side. Mm. It was great. We were all happy. When I came, I came off on, the, on my own on the train, and, uh, you know, they bring in first class, which I was in, might I add. Oh, thank God. They, uh, they bring free tea and, mm. and uh, refreshments. 
And the woman said to me, would you like uh, millionaire cake? And I thought, well, they've done that just for me. <laughs> As a bit of a tribute. But I don't think they had. It was, it was lovely. I, I love a bit of train travel. Oh, yeah. Not off. <laughs> you never, on the show, by the way, yeah. you referred to the fact that you went to the kick-ass. Well, I don't Brilliant. like to name drop and boast, as no, you know. No, I know. I know. I'm aware of that. <laughs> you know just a tantalising reference to Brad Pitt. Well, maybe he was there. Can I say, I, I once, I, I decided to have singing lessons, which mm. is, um, I know, hard to believe, but I did. And I went to see this fabulous woman who's, that's the best name any singing teacher could have. She was called Tona de Brett. Wow. And someone said to me, She's a lovely woman, but she's the biggest name dropper you'll ever meet in your life. And I've yeah. met some pretty big ones. Yeah. And I thought, oh, but, you know, people exaggerate. So I got to the house and uh, I knocked on the door and she struggled to open the door a bit. And finally she opened. She said, I'm terribly sorry, but that door's never been the same since Benny Hill used it for a sketch. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even got in the house and she'd name dropped. <laughs> she sounds like a woman after my own heart. So... Kick-Ass, um, so it's a great film. I have to mm. plug it because it's my best friend wrote the screenplay and it's brilliant. So she invited me to the premiere. At least she can do. She's my best friend. And it was a really, it was one of those very she-she premieres. I don't know if you two are familiar with these ones, but it's not like some big thing where there are loads of muggles and there's hundreds of people and competition with <laughs> <winners. laughs> It's basically. It's um, can you just explain what you mean by the word muggle, Emily? <laughs> no, I'm, it, it was a very nice kind of small... No, don't explain No, that. I won't. But it was really lovely, and there were some very big showbiz names there. Um, so, Brad, come on, who was there? Well, Brad Pitt Engelbert was there. Engelbert No. <laughs> Don't get much bigger big than name. that. Brad Pitt. Way right the third. <laughs> Brad Pitt was there. That good enough for you? Well, he had a beard, though. To me, that doesn't count. Oh, he still looks hot, though. Brad with a beard is like a normal man without a beard. If you <laughs> saw Brad Pitt... <laughs> if you saw Brad Pitt and Sting sitting on a pavement... In central London, you'd absolutely assume they were homeless people. They've both gone that way. It's almost like they're taking advantage of the fact that they're so famous they can look like homeless people and get away with it. And I resent that. I think it's patronising. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. Um, Gary Barlow. It's not was a there. big issue. Oh, <laughs> Gary Barlow was there. Was with... Ken Barlow there? No, <laughs> no I thought not. Hmm. Well, at the Chort Awards, Keith Chegwin presented an award. <laughs> Get that down, you. Did he? Mm. What award was that? I can't remember which one it was. Claudia Schieffer, Mika. I'm mentioning all the people. I know, but I'm... Mika. Didn't you spend the time talking to, to Mika's sister? Yes, I did. <laughs> I saw a, a guy once, a stand-up act, who um, he was a new, very new act. And he's one of these guys, he had... He came on and uh, he had what his first joke was really funny, I thought, mm. and then everything else was terrible. And I thought I was such a waste of that joke. And of course, the, the great comedian's code of honour, you couldn't use anyone else's joke, but I think I can use it now in credit in this bloke. It's not my joke, it's yeah. his. But he said he was on about um, the fact that Keith Chegan had been in the paper talking about his alcoholism and, and you know, mm. that he. he uh, He'd had to give up drinking. And he says, you know what they say, Cheggers can't be boozers. <laughs> and I thought it was very, very clever indeed. Speaking of stealing material, by yeah. the way, was I not watching Comedy Rocks the other night? Mm. Hosted by uh, Jason Manford. And um, Joe Pasquale was on. He did one of my gags. Did he? Really? I've seen him do it before. I saw him do the same gag on um, 
on uh, what's that bloke who's Billy Savage? Paul Savage. Uh, Paul Grady. Paul Grady. Yes. Mm. Well, what show. joke was it? Well, um, Joe Pasquale's famous for that, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. It's a pity because he's Notorious. such a sweet man. What, is but, he a thief? Are you what? saying he's a low-down common yeah, dirty he's thief? Quite, he's quite well known. Yeah. Really. <laughs> Can we say it? I think we can say because it, it was my joke. So yes, yeah, so I can. What was, say. The, what was the joke? No, I wouldn't mind, but it wasn't even. It was something I used to do when I was a kid. I used to, um, me and this mate of mine uh, used to go on the uh, big wheel at mm. the, when the fair came, and we had this big metal bolt, and we used to drop it on the floor, and then pretend it had dropped out of the workings of the big wheel to frighten people. Mm. And uh, well, I've seen that on YouTube. What? That's that clip. No, it's on. A, I did it yeah. on a DVD yeah, about yeah. fifteen years ago. Wow! But Joe's obviously thought it's a shame. <laughs> shame now not to keep it going. <laughs> the memory lives on. So Joe's doing. Well, it's a, an oral tradition, you know. It's passed from person to person. Joe's become my tribute act. I'm just disappointed because he seemed so nice when I ran into him at the Buckingham Palace garden party. <laughs> I did honestly meet him there. Did you really? Yeah. That's another story. Um, so, yeah, so Kick-Ass was fast. Was he doing mm. that uh, that dance from The Office <laughs> to entertain people? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said to Debbie McGee, what, um, why did you marry the uh, millionaire Paul Daniels? <laughs> oh, yeah, he was, a, he was a fabulous. He was like a greatest hit. <laughs> I can't. It's not good. No. Pasquale. Pasquale, Pasquale, Pasquale. <laughs> Anyway, so who else was at the... Um, uh, I've mentioned all the names, but you were too busy going on about Joe Pasquale. You missed them all. Well, uh, the trouble is when you start with Brad Pitt, everything else is going to be an afterthought. You could have built up but to the Brad prob- Pitt. But the problem was, as well, was that after I left the party, I was saying what a great evening I'd had. And my eldest goddaughter who was there was saying, oh, it was great. I was talking to Tom Ford and Brad Pitt and this amazing Mahiki bar. And I said, I was stuck with David Baddiel and Mika's sister by the toilets. <laughs> well, you I must have been at there. a different party. Did you say Mahiki bar? Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Oh, like a sort of tiki bar. Is it bar like a lion bar? No. <laughs> but with pineapple? No. A tiki bar? Oh, okay. Like some Hawaiian thing. Yeah. So I did that, and then it was a bit more... It was We went to the National Theatre the next night, didn't we, Frank? Yeah, that was... Well, the nice thing about theatrical opening mm. nights is that you, you, don't, you tend not to see massive stars. You tend to see people when you go, look at that. Yeah. Mickey Dolenz. Yeah. <laughs> it's those kind of people you see. And I'm wow. much more excited to see those kind of people you just about remember yeah and uh like francis de la tour was there yes do you remember her gareth no i don't know she was miss jones in uh rising dam oh Oh, my god yes Uh, it was it was just has anyone ever seen her and not thought my god (laughs) she's just so she's always she'll always be miss jones didn't your mom know her or something Oh, yes, uh, a stage manager friend of my mother's uh, once worked with her and everyone called her Franny. Yeah. He said Franny was unlucky in love. He said Franny's been very unlucky in love, darling. Was he talking about that black bloke that lived on (laughs) Rising Dam that she was crazy about and wasn't really interested in her? That was in the show. That wasn't in real life. Well, you never know. Life imitates art. Does in our house. (laughs) I'll tell you what they've never worked out at the theatre. Intervals. Mm. Why is it that when you give an interval at the theatre, there's, there's such a big queue for everything that you can't buy anything? That's Could true. that not be worked out? 
Mm. Well, sometimes they do the thing where they give you a raffle ticket and they put all the drinks out ready for you to go and get them. Yeah, you can order interval drinks. Yeah. But th- how do I know what I'm going to feel like in an hour and a half? Is that time? what those drinks uh-huh. are? I just go, I always thought they were free. <laughs> oh, well, you've broken the system. I did. I always just thought they were laid on for us. Savage. <laughs> 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 What did you put the raffle tickets for about? <laughs> did you go and collect a coat after as well? <laughs> that was another thing that happened on the train. That Emily, oh, no. Emily kept saying, um, oh, oh, I fancy a drink. Should we get a drink? And I'd go, oh, I've, I've got a bottle of water, thanks. Oh, I'm OK. <laughs> and, then, and then she wouldn't go for a drink. Yes, well, there's a reason behind that. And then, I've got and a confession then, to make. And then a bit later, the same thing happened again, and it's very odd. That's because <laughs> I've realised that since I've been working at InStyle magazine, mm. I have lots well, of... Well, you are deputy editor. Well, I am. So I have lots of nice assistants and interns and people helping me out <laughs> so I can get my busy job done and have lovely help on the show as well. We have a tea. So I'm incapable now of making tea or doing anything for myself. <laughs> So it just means that when we were sitting on the train, I just thought if Gareth's not going to get me the water or tea, I don't, I can't get up. I can't do it. That's not good, is it? No. You have to fight though. It is very easy to get into that habit. Mm. I'm going to stop doing it now. When you do like a TV series, you'd have the runner that was there constantly waiting to get you whatever you want. You can say, um, mint cracknel. And they'll go away and get, get a mint cracknel bar, even though they haven't been sold since 1978. And whatever, you know, you can honestly say, pork stuffing sandwich and they'll go and get one and that that's a very bad habit to get into. it's very bad i'm going to stop immediately i don't want to be that person having said that i think i ordered a cup of tea for that. <laughs> it hasn't turned up <laughs> can you bloody believe it so frank tell us about sport relief well i did um i did what they call the sport relief mile mm. um but i did six miles mm. and i was a bit resentful that my medal said Frank Skinner, as, no, it didn't say Frank Skinner. It said, I've run the Sport Relief Mile. And I thought, well, shouldn't I get a better medal than the yeah. people who've done that? Yeah, or six of them. Yeah. Good, got six. But um, Eddie Izzard was there. He was running with his uh, flag. Oh, yeah, he runs everywhere now. He does. <laughs> right, he just turns up at any running-based thing and runs about. I don't think he can walk anymore. <laughs> he has to run everywhere. <laughs> He's like... Um, it's like an overexcited it's animal. because once he'll stop, he'll never be able to move ever again. That's yeah, why he so has to keep the momentum going. Yeah, it's... it's oh, he's, he's ever-present. Anyway, we got goodie bags at the end. And mm. I thought, well, that's that's good, because I've done the run, you know, I've, I've earned a goodie bag. It's mm. the worst goodie bag oh, I've no. ever had in my life. I mean... Well, I got a goodie bag for the Chortle Awards, so you too. will have a goodie well, bag off, because that was pretty bad. I bet I bet <laughs> I beat. What was in your goodie bag? Uh, well, the highlight was a um, Burger King soap on a rope. <laughs> <laughs> Can that's you beat that? Terrible. And like you know, the stuff that's you know like a stress ball, mm. a microphone made of that material. Oh, that's, oh, that's good. Got. I'd quite like that. Okay. Because when I sing around the house, I hold an imaginary microphone. <laughs> so now I'll be able to take out uh, a sponge one. <laughs> You need, are you keeping that, or can I have it? <laughs> I'll, I'll dig it out for you. Actually, my girlfriend went to the Chortle Awards, so she'll have one. Oh. She's obviously kept that from me, because she doesn't well, want an hour I... of Johnny Ray before. <laughs> well, and who can blame her? So, what did you what, get from Sport what did Relief? You get? I got um, a brochure about Sport Relief. Oh, who wants that? Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm sorry to be disrespectful. A small, you know, when you get those variety packs of cereals, and they're about like five and a oh, half. I, inches oh, up. I like those. One of those of Dawson. Yeah, one 
carton of Dorset um, bran flakes with raspberries. Did it have a big stamp on it saying not to be sold separately? <laughs> no, it said aid. <laughs> African aid. And apparently the Africans have said, oh, I don't, I, we don't like the... Uh, we don't like the brand flakes, but you can have that back. And I said, well, what are we going to do with that? <laughs> Africans don't want it. And there was some, some rice, a big handful of rice in the bottom of the bag. <laughs> no, there wasn't. Made that bit up. Um, uh, the centre bit, to me, if you want to yeah. know what summed up the Comet Relief Sport, um, sport Relief Mile goodie bag. goodie bag, there was an individually wrapped prune. <laughs> <laughs> And I am not making that up. It was in a it was wow. in a sealed wrapper. A, no. a prune. <laughs> oh, in cling film. Oh. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't cling film. It was like a pla- like you might get a boiled sweet in that kind of wrapper. How disappointing! Expecting yes. a sherbet lemon, and you get that. And so, you know, I just run six miles for, um, as we used to say at school, for the black babies, and um, and that was my that was my thank you. Did they give you a silver blanket afterwards, though? No, we never got a silver blanket. Oh. Nothing. Plastic medal that said I'd run a mile <laughs> when I'd run six. Is that individually wrapped prude? Is that why you ran round six times? Because you wanted the silver blanket and you thought, well, if I go round again... Maybe Even Eddie Izzard didn't get a silver oh. blanket. Oh. And he is an individually wrapped prude. <laughs> <laughs> he is now. He's run himself into crinkleness. <laughs> so it was, a, it was an odd, an odd day in that respect. But, you know, I, I mean, I, I felt I did a, I did a good thing. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, well, they've been honouring all the people that got involved in sport relief for lining up at number 10 Downing Street, I noticed. I wasn't invited. Well, you know, Jimmy Carr was there. They were all there, love. I was a guest on the dance programme, yeah. uh, a, a judge. I hosted a question of sport relief and I ran six miles. No invitation. I didn't get an invite to number 10. Do you know, Who Frank, went? I don't think that's such a bad thing. Do you know why? Go on. Well, frankly, I think number 10, it's, it's not as rarefied as it once was, and I think they need to tighten up their door policy because there's all manner of what-have-yous that have been on that, <laughs> outside that door. Who was there? Denise Van Outen, the ginger one from Girls Aloud. Um, <laughs> what oh, has she done for sport relief? Was well, she... Exactly. What have you done for me lately? <laughs> what was she at? Did she operate as a javelin for some sort of... <laughs> Charity event. I don't know. <laughs> like a, a ran with Ed, ran with Eddie inside for. Oh, I don't. She know. must have done more than that. Don't, don't question the wise or wherefores. Mm, I can't believe. Just embrace I've the been. larger point, which is that uh, Downing Street is not what it was. It's becoming the it's the Planet Hollywood of the nineties. They're going to have a leopard skin carpet outside there any day soon. <laughs> oh no! Do you get one of those um, leather bomber jackets <laughs> with the number ten Downing Street crest on the back like you used to get from Planet Hollywood? Yeah, they'll let anyone in there now. David Cameron. Oh, I don't think so. <laughs> I've, I went there once to a charity reception, and uh, it was me, Floella Benjamin, and Atomic Kitten. <laughs> so I don't think this is a recent uh, thing. Phenomenon. I ended up having a big argument with um, Tony Blair about whether Brian Ricks was alive or not. He didn't. Yeah, because I'm absolutely convinced he's, he's dead. What, the farcer? Yeah, but the, he, he, he's, um, he's the boss of uh, a men cap, I think, or some men yeah. health charity. And he said, yeah, and he was round here the other night. I said, I don't think so. I think he's dead. He said, no, I was talking to him. I said, that must have been the son. He said, no, no, it was Brian Ricks. I said, he's dead. I'm arguing <laughs> with the Prime Minister. <gasps> wow. Luckily, it wasn't the other way around, because in order to win the argument, obviously, he could get someone yeah. put away quite, quite easily. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can imagine him thinking, oh, God, Brian, Brian Ricks is alive. Um... Uh, 
Jeff, can you send a couple of lads around to Lord Riggs's house? <laughs> sort it out. So, yeah, so even then. Um, and I, I had a, a, a tour of um, Number 10. Did you? What was it like? It's a... Uh, I tell you, what, there's a thing on the wall. If you look in, there's, there's a thing that looks just like gold figuring, elaborate gold figuring. If you look very closely, amid, amidst all the figuring, there's a man climbing a ladder mm. with a little uh, bale of straw on his back. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, when the interior designer did that, he put that in deliberately, and he said to Miss, Mrs. Thatcher, "You see, Mrs. Thatcher, there'll, there'll always be a Thatcher." At number 10. Oh. Mm. Pratt. 